Welcome to episode 58 of the Avatar Hour podcast, your ultimate companion podcast to the world of Avatar. I'm Kayla. And I'm Andre. And this week, we will be continuing our recap of season three of Avatar The Last Airbender, the episodes 303, The Painted Lady, and 304, Sokka's Master. Now, before we start, here comes our big old spoiler warning. This podcast will be mentioning spoilers for The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, The Rise and Shadow of Kiyoshi, Katara and the Pirate Silver, and Suki alone. However, you are free from spoilers from the other Avatar universe media that's out there that we haven't already mentioned. So... There you go. It's just going to get a longer and longer spoiler disclaimer. Uh, so, Andre, how are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. It's a crisp Friday morning here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Yeah, can't complain. Next week, I'm really excited. Next week, me and the boyfriend are going up to New York City. Um, we're going to go see uh, Bianca Del Rio <gasps> and uh, spending the weekend in New York. So That's we're so kind exciting. of like... In- we're kind of like in a little bit of preparation mode for that at this point. So, yeah, it's so exciting. Don't worry. You'll st- we'll still have our, our episode that week. Don't worry. Yes. But yeah, that's so exciting. Oh, my goodness. Well, for me, I'm doing OK. I just, you know, halfway done my semester, just wrapped up my first half of classes, starting my new ones next week. Uh, or at this time that this will be releasing, they will have already started. Um but uh, for now, I'm you know going to have a nice weekend with some fun stuff. I'm going to be going to Pittsburgh to see Vander Von Odd from Dragula perform at a vampire-themed show. I'm Ooh. so excited. It's going to be so much fun. And then I'm going to my first Renaissance Festival, too. I've never done one before, so I'm really excited. Oh, my too. God. I'm so, I am so jealous. <sighs> I'm so excited to go. I've never, I've never been to one before, and it's like their last weekend of the season. So I am really excited to go to that and i'm seeing rocky horror this weekend too so oh my god you got a booked booked weekend huh? yeah but like also i just don't have the guilt of the homework for this weekend i get a nice little 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 reprieve before you know getting back into the the swing of it i was about to say into the thick of it and start singing but i don't think anyone's <laughs> gonna want to hear my scratchy singing voice at this time of day <laughs> Are you technically is this fall break for you? Are you technically on fall yes, break? Yes, technically this is fall break. Uh, uh okay. You know, the quick little like two day reprieve from school before <laughs> back getting pounded again. Um nice. but it makes me feel good to know that I am halfway through my semester and I just found that like my final project is due before I go on my vacation in December to Key West. So yes, I don't have to do homework when I'm on vacation. <laughs> nice. So lots of good news happening. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'm excited for these episodes. I forgot, like, as we go through, like, especially season three, I forget how good these episodes are. Like, mm-hmm. even if they're, like, you know, a lot of character-driven episodes. I mean, every single episode is character-driven, but like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yes, it, yes, it. They're they're all very. Um, it's it's a little bit of a break from the action of season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, like more like gang-based adventures. Um, that like reminds me of kind of like season one. Yeah, um, but still, say. still like taking steps towards uh, like the the day of Black Sun and stuff like that. Exactly, giving it like a nice break as the tension starts to build towards that. So, well, before we get started with our recap, we just want to quickly remind you all that we have a Patreon. So, if you'd like to pledge to our Patreon, we have a lot of really cool benefits, including ad-free Avatar Hour 
access to our show script and episode notes. Uh, there's lots of fun goodies in there, I'm sure. Uh, as well as access to our flagship benefit, the Avatar After Hour, which is basically a little bite-sized episode of the show where we talk about all kinds of different things and more focused topics. Uh, you can check it out at patreon.com slash the Avatar Hour podcast and join our Patreon family for as little as $1 a month or as much as $5 a month. Awesome. All right. So let's get right into the episode recap. We're going to start with 303, The Painted Lady. So the episode opens and in search of food, the gang wander into a village in the middle of a polluted river. Um, And apparently this messes with Sokka's schedule, uh, saying that it's going to put them behind on the day of the invasion and stuff like that. And every time the schedule is brought up, it's ironic to me because the next episode, Sokka spends how many weeks with (laughs) Master P and Dao? And I'm sure that wasn't in the schedule. So I just think that's funny. One thing I'm going to bring up when we talk about Sokka's Master, like how long has he been training? It feels like it's been a day, like, you know, like the day, like two days, like... (laughs) I think I think he spent the, like those two or three weeks while Ing was out. I think he was just on the ship, like making that schedule. <laughs> and apparently, Avatar Wiki says that the animation for that schedule it was actually the the production schedule for the studio. No, and way. they just kind of like animated it into the to the show because they needed something that kind of looked color coded and scheduled and organized. Yeah, realistic. The way that yeah. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so they meet Doc, who shuttles them to the village, and he tells them that a nearby Fire Nation factory has been polluting the river, taking all of their medicine and disrupting their food supply. And it shows, as the entire village is ridden with sick people. Um, Katara wishes that she could help these people, but Sokka argues that the importance of their overall mission overrides all other situations that may arise. They purchase food from Shu, who is Doc in another hat, essentially. (laughs) And before they leave, Katara gives one of the fish they bought to a small child, wishing she could do more. Um, So, yeah, we get introduced to this village. Um, What do you what do you make of like Katara and Sokka's like views? Like Katara, I think, is like kind of more like detail based, helping where she can. Sokka's like kind of the overall picture, you know, like where where do you think like, I don't know, where do you think you would stand in that? Um, I think kind of like. I can see both sides as perspective that, um, you know, it is hard to help everybody at once. Um, but you know, also, you know, you're, you're getting, you're buying food from this village food that they don't really have a lot of, you know, Right. I think that like, I mean, I'm definitely with Katara on this one, especially when they have like, you know, all of these, they're, they're, just, they're smart, creative and super powerful vendors could help you know and you know and they do uh but also in the same you know like we've seen later in the episode that it's not just on the gang to help the village also needs to do some things on their end once the biggest factor in their suffering has been removed from the equation you know right yeah and i think it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier about how like the first season they weren't on a whole lot of a time crunch i mean they had they figured out halfway through season one that Aang had about like three or four months before the the comet comes that he needs to master like bending. And there was still like some some sort of like at some points, Katara and Sokka was like, you know, we got to keep going. And Aang's like, no, it's fine. We have plenty of time. It's OK. Um, and this it's kind of happening the same thing again. Uh, but this time they're on a much tighter uh, time crunch. So I don't know. I I also recall uh, a couple years ago, I was listening to a podcast that uh, was talking about Avatar, 
And I distinctly remember a lot of the people on the show kind of like dunking on Katara for not realizing like they basically all agreed with Sokka and that they basically see Katara's like thing of wanting to help people as kind of like um oh, like an ego charge? trip. And I yeah, it's really weird. I don't I don't agree with it, but I'm it's it's worth mentioning that apparently some people think that I don't know now what the the whole Avatar Renaissance and people seeing the show now if they still see it like that. But apparently this episode is like like people love the dunk on crime for Katara hate. Yeah, like ugh, shut up, guys. I mean, I usually don't like. I you know I'm always happy so for like <laughs> I'm always happy about to have like just you know like free discussions and like you know let's talk about things let's discuss it let's you know delve deep into this stuff. But at this point. With the Katara stuff, I shut the fuck up. We get it. You're misogynistic. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> As you said, yeah. I'm so tired of this shit. But it's again the irony of the next episode. As if, like, Sokka training to be a swordsman isn't as like, much of an ego trip as Katara helping other people. Like, like it it doesn't add up. It exactly, doesn't add up. So, ugh. and we see this a lot, especially with like Katara and Zuko. We see it a lot with people. Just dunking on Katara for no fucking reason. I just I Leave don't her understand. Alone. You're lucky. Leave Katara alone. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky she even did that for you, you bastards. <laughs> now that's an old oh, one. God. That is an old that is an old <laughs> trend. <laughs> um, I also wanted to talk about how this episode kind of also really shows that uh I mean this village is technically part of the Fire Nation, and even the citizens within the Fire Nation are being negatively impacted by this war. So oh, it just kind of goes yeah. to show you just, yeah, just how bad the war is negatively impacting not just the other nations, but literally the nation that it comes from. Like, it's it's kind of insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the next morning, they find Appa purple-tongued and sick, and the gang realizes that they can't travel until he feels better, so they decide to go back into the village and look for some food and medicine. When they arrive, they find the village in much better spirits, and Shu says that they were visited last night by the Painted Lady, a spirit that healed some of their sick. So, that night, we see Katara masked as the Painted Lady, healing more of the sick. The child she gave fish to wakes up and thanks her. So, my question is, because we don't see, like, the first night where Katara goes to heal people, um, and this is just kind of like a weird logistics question I had. Do you think like she saw because she shows them like a little statuette of the painted lady. Do you think it was after he showed her the statue that Katara began to like mat like mimic the the makeup and everything? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like how would she know about the painted lady if she wasn't told about it? You know? Exactly. Exactly. But it's yeah, it's it's a it's a good coincidence for her that the town apparently has a river spirit that's supposed to protect them. Yeah. Um, so she decides to take on the the mask of that. Um, and it, I mean, it also, you know, it also reminds me of, it kind of also reminds me of the blue spirit of how Zuko also takes that. on the, takes on the, the disguise of a spirit to kind of like Robin Hood his way through bossing say and stuff like that. So a lot of interesting stuff there. I didn't even think of that. Holy foils. Crap. They're foils. Foils. Uh, <laughs> Bring that back. Mm. So the next day, uh, they wake up. Appa is still sick, so they return to the village again, and everyone is even better spirits. They're, like, erecting a statue of the Painted Lady and everything, having a festival. 
Uh, and Sokka notes that the painted lady's work will all be for nothing unless she continue, continues to help the village. Because as long as the factory is still there, the village is doomed, which gives Katara an idea. So that night, Katara assumes her disguise again. But as she leaves, she accidentally wakes up Aang in the process and she begin, and he begins to chase her, asking her to heal Appa. Um, Aang eventually airbends the hat off of her head, revealing Katara. She sadly confesses that she fed uh, Appa berries to stain his tongue and apologizes for delaying their travels to help the village. But Aang loves this idea and praises Katara and you know, says she's kind of like a secret hero. Um, and together, the two infiltrate the factory and wreck it, stopping the output of pollutants into the river. So Aang and Katara return the next morning to find Toph and Sokka wide awake and catching them in their lie. As they prepare to leave, they notice some Fire Nation soldiers racing towards the village and realize that they must think that the village had something to do with the factory blowing up. So Katara refuses to abandon them, um, saying that she will not avoid uh, ignore, ignore people who need her, and the rest of the gang agree to help her. So the general accuses the village of blowing up their factory, when suddenly a large mist begins enveloping the town, and with help from Appa, Toph, and Sokka, they providing spooky sound effects, Aang and Katara stage an encounter with the Painted Lady to defeat the troops and drive them away. Um, I love this, like, smoke and mirrors, like, theater thing that they got going on. I love it. I love it. The <laughs> it was, power of theater. Was, yeah. <laughs> the power of theater and the power of friendship. Mm-hmm. So, the villagers praise the Painted Lady, but Doc notices her smudged face paint and recognizes her as Katara. He quickly realizes that she is a waterbender, and upon his realization, the villagers become outraged. Katara apologizes to the villagers for lying, though she felt that she had to do something to help them. Uh, she concludes that the villagers cannot wait around for someone to help them, but they need to do so themselves. Kind of like how she uh, incentivized the prisoners from the imprisoned episode, the ones that were stuck on the ship, to like help themselves and fight. Um, so it's a, it's a nice callback to that. Yeah. Um, and Toph, from among the villagers... Suggests that they clean the river. <laughs> that probably made me crack up. <laughs> <laughs> and Doc immediately jumps on that idea along with the other villagers. All the villagers and Team Avatar set out to clean the river. And after it's cleaned, they return to the cap their camp on the shore. And that night, Katara meets the real painted lady. The spirit smiles and thanks her before disappearing into the fog again, leaving a slightly baffled, though pleased Katara. And that is the end of the episode. Overall thoughts on the episode, Kayla? Um, honestly, I think anything I have to say about the episode's kind of been shared already with like Katara and Sokka's like perspective. I did love, however, that Sokka did actually like you should you guys should be on your knees thanking her. Like I love mm -hmm. that he like you know stood up for her, up for her. and like yeah. in the end helped to like helped the village. You know that he wasn't yeah. all for helping in the first place. So nice little moment for Sokka there as well. Yeah. I yeah I I agree. I also my biggest question at the end of the episode was so if the painted lady was real, where where was she? Like the river was like so, why well, was it, she's a, she's a river spirit. The river was really polluted, right. so that probably like diminished her presence enough to. That's true. You know if she's I mean like you know we we see how like a spirit's environment impacts the spirit. You know you saw with the forest uh, back in season mm. one. So you know. In some cases, it pisses them off, makes them stronger. And in this case, because the river was being poisoned, it probably diminished her powers enough for her to not be able to materialize. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, that's a that's a good explanation. Thanks. Um, yeah. So there there was two pieces of trivia I wanted to touch on. 
um, that I thought were really interesting. So um, when they go back to the village for the first time and Shu shows them the statue of the painted lady, uh, the positions of the hands on the statue is the Vitarka Mudra, which is the gesture of discussion and teaching that can be seen on some real world statues of Buddhas. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And apparently um, in the DVD commentary for the Legend of Korra episode, A New Spiritual Age, creator Brian Konitsko gave more backstory for the Painted Lady, saying that she was originally a human woman who transcended into the spirit world after her death before becoming the river's guardian. Wow. So that's kind of some backstory on the real Painted Lady, kind of how like Iroh, you know, transcended his physical body and continued to live in the spirit world. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting. But yeah, so that's 303 The Painted Lady. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with 304 Sokka's Master. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, Andre here. Before we get into the second half of the episode, we just wanted to remind everyone to check to make sure you are following the Avatar Hour podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if that platform has a rating system, please consider leaving us a review and some feedback. With subscribers and reviews, it allows us to reach future listeners and help the podcast grow in the long run. Thanks for listening and now back to the show. And we're back with the next part of our recap of 304, Sokka's Master. So the episode opens with the gang watching a meteor shower, or rather, you know, Toph not seeing anything. It's like, once you see nothing, you've seen it all. Uh, the, however, their enjoyment of the meteor shower kind of just diminishes when uh, one of the meteors lands in the forest nearby and starts a fire, which threatens a small village nearby. Uh, and Katara and Toph some pretty awesome feats of bending to help save this town um and while they're all being badass benders Sokka has been lemur sitting Momo and even realizing that Momo has been doing more to put out the fire than he has Mm -hmm. uh and he feels bad for not being able to contribute to the firefighting efforts cut to Iroh in prison where he's being given food uh the like he's he basically plays this role of this disheveled desperate crazy prisoner gobbling up the food off the floor the, per- the guard mocks him and then leaves. But then once he's alone, he drops the act, brushes the sweaty hair out of his face and starts his prison workout and basically spends the entire episode getting, as the kids say, swole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yes. That's this, this, this is Iroh's swole arc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, that's the only Iroh part we're going to talk about in this because basically that's the entire, his entire arc in the episode is yeah. just him working out and misleading the guards into thinking that he's gone crazy. Yeah, good call. Good call. So, well, meanwhile, Team Avatar spends a day on the town and Sokka still kind of feeling bummed from last night. He feels useless because he can't bend like the rest of them. But the rest of the gang tell him, like, we never thought of you as useless. Like, you're really cool. We love you. Um, And it's like, you know what? what, You know what's going to make you feel better? Let's go on a shopping trip. And honestly, retail therapy sometimes works. (laughs) Yes, as someone Sometimes. who consistently uses retail therapy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Every week, uh, but you no. recommend a thing in the recommendation. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, this is, I think, I really love this episode because it um, it kind of touches on, like, Sokka's, in- I love when the show touches on Sokka's insecurities, like, in general. But this particular one is, is again, like, what we said last episode about the realistic human reactions to things. This would be a realistic human reaction, especially for like a teenager who has like these friends who are like super powerful benders and he feels like he can't like amount to them and he doesn't want to like, you know, 
it, it he finds a hard time fitting in sometimes, you know? And I think this is really interesting for, um, for Sokka's character, but also kind of cements the fact that non-benders are also just as powerful as benders sometimes, you know? Exactly. So. Yeah. I'm just glad that this episode that we got like a Sokka centric episode um, and that he's not just the meat and sarcasm guy or the just the, or the boomerang right. guy like, you know, yeah, I'm just I'm happy for a Sokka centric episode, guys. I just am. OK, so while they're doing some retail therapy, uh, Sokka falls in love with this beautiful sword in the shop. And the shopkeeper tells him that, oh, yeah, it's made by the f- best blacksmith and sword master in the entire Fire Nation. And oh, by the way, he lives nearby. <laughs> so the gang points out like, hey, you know, maybe you should get a teacher, too, because we've all had some really good teachers in the past. Like Toph learned from the Badger Moles, Katara learned from Master Paku and Aang from them from Monkey Atso and the other airbenders. So Saka goes to see- seek his own teacher. He arrives at Pian Dao's home where the butler tells him that he turns most he pretty much everyone away who try to learn from him. And he's like, so what'd you have to prove your worth? And Sokka's like, uh, it's like, okay, let's get this over with. And he gets taken to the master who is doing calligraphy. Sokka then shares his name, which Pian Dao immediately notices that it's an odd name, uh, which yeah. is an important detail that will come in later. Uh, Pian Dao then notices, then tries to guess why Sokka is there. He's like, okay, well, I guess you're probably the best swordsman in a village hundreds of miles away, and you've come to learn from the best. And Sokka's like, yeah, well, I mean, I've been around the world, but I still know there's a lot to learn. And this sort of attitude is what convinces Pian Dao to teach him. Uh, He then starts to teach him how to use a sword, telling him to think of the weapon as an extension of himself. And if you are an imaginative imaginative and creative person, it makes it a very versatile weapon, as we see later in the episode. So it kind of reminds me of how bending is talked about in the show, you know, with like it being an extension of the bender. Absolutely. Yeah. So the philosophy still sticks even with non-bending. Uh, meanwhile, back to the gang, they're all sitting around bored because A, Sokka is the schedule master and he's also the <laughs> jokes master. So they're just, they don't know what to do without him. Um, yeah, and it, it just highlights like Sokka's role in the group like, and how they're, they are uh, literally lost without him sometimes. Like, yeah, exactly. And also the, uh, like, he's <clears throat> basically babysitting a group of like some of the most powerful, like, benders in the world just like and he's not a bender himself like good for him (laughs) yeah like honestly oh my god i you know i I, like i coach and i have to deal with kids like around that age and i can't even imagine what that what that would have been like i'm just imagining that but if they had the ability to like bend like earth and stuff like that i'm like nope can't do it (laughs) yeah oh my goodness Back to Sokka and his master. Uh, they practice dueling with the butler. He does calligraphy, landscape painting, and rock gardening. And he does all of these things in his creative, unique Sokka way. Like, literally just peak Sokka. He paints his face for calligraphy and just smashes his face all over the paper to make his mark on it. He d- makes yeah. a chair out of, like, the rocks in the rock garden. Like, and he just adds a rainbow to his... Yes, to his landscape painting. I love it. Um, yeah. And after- it kind of reminds me of uh, Zhang Zhang, who was just like, s- like stand on the top of this mountain and breathe. Like, it's like things that are like not related to the discipline at all. As, so you think, uh, but then like comes back later on. Um, 
a secret. And of course, there is an obvious link to to them. So yeah, yeah, just a bit. The you know casual Lotus Tile connection. Yeah, totally fine. Um, and Kian Dao tells him at the end of the day that he did well, uh, even though Sokka thinks that he messed up everything. And like he even says, like you didn't do it like right, but you did it like you messed up right. You know, like uh, it made me laugh the way he said. I just can't remember what exactly he said for it, but. Uh, he messed things up in a special way, which makes him ready for a real sword, one that he must forge himself. So the first step of making the sword is selecting the material, and Sokka, being the creative, awesome person that he is, decides to use the material from the meteorite. He then rejoins the yeah, game. It's, oh, sorry. It. I was just going to say, you're right, it is very creative. It is also metal as fuck. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> space <laughs> sword. I mean, not a meteorite. Sword. Yeah, literally space sword. I love it. It's just gonna be called the space sword from now on, guys. Just so you know, we're calling it the space sword on the podcast. Uh, so yeah, he rejoins the gang, who are all super excited to see him again. And Lily just laughed at something small he said, like they missed him that much, which is just kind of sweet. And the gang helps him get the meteorite to Kiandao's home. He then works under his guidance to build the space sword. And it turns out beautifully. But when his teacher presents him with the sword and compliments his uniqueness and creativity, Sokka refuses the sword and confesses that he's actually from the Southern Water Tribe and, you know, lied to him about his actual backstory. Yeah. Uh, parts of it. So then Pian Dao attacks him and Sokka defends himself using... Does he use a space sword? I'm trying to remember. But he, yes, def- he, does. Okay, he does. Okay, So he defends himself. And the gang runs to go help him, but Sokka tells him that this tells them all that this is something that he needs to do himself. So they fight, and Sokka uses his agility to his advantage and gets the high ground at one point for you Star Wars fans. He gets to show how creative and versatile a fighter he is, and he manages to hold his own very well, going toe-to-toe against Kian Dao. But in the end, Kian Dao wins. But he wasn't out to kill him. He reveals that he knew Sokka was from the Water Tribe from just his name. And that Aang is the Avatar. Uh, he offers a Fire Nation cover name, Lee, because there's like a million Lees. So what, is that like the Jake of the Fire Nation or something? Like, yes. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yes. I, was, I really have, was trying to have a hard, having a hard time to think of like, what's a really, really stupidly common name? Is anyone even named John anymore? Like, <laughs> uh, he then gives Sokka his sword back, saying that he must continue his training on his own and that one day he'll become a greater master than even him. As they leave, the butler hands Sokka a white Lotus Pie Show title, which we all know what that means, but the kids don't. They're just like, okay, cool, I guess. Uh, Sokka then gives Toph a chunk of the meteorite for her to metal bend with, and she makes the Nickelodeon logo, in case y'all didn't notice the splat. You all remember that. Uh, the gang then all walk off together, and the episode ends. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about the fight um, with Sokka and Master P and Dao, because it is a really great fight and it's also i dare say Sokka also has some his some of his agility um i think he can thank some of it to what suki taught him um when he was um, yeah when he was learning with the kiyoshi warriors um and yeah it was just it was just nice to see like uh Sokka get the limelight for a little bit in terms of like being the center of like a fight scene yeah um and it, it also balanced like his prowess with the sword, but also his like character, which is like frazzled and derpy sometimes, you know? Um, it's like the noises that like, you know, like Jack DeSenna makes when he does soccer, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh. 
But um, yeah, we, we we love and respect Sokka on this podcast. He's like, I mean, is he can still considered an underrated character? I think so. Um, but yeah, he's not just the meat and sarcasm and boomerang guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, many layers to him. I quite like it. Um, but yeah, so that's the end of the episode. Um, we don't have any Azula Bell. She did not appear in any of these episodes. Um, so let's move on to Fandom Corner. So I figured I'd pick a Sokka-centered uh, Fandom Corner today because it's a Sokka-centric episode to wrap things up. Um, and since you brought up Suki, it's a snippet from one of the comics. I'm not sure which one, but Suki is talking to Sokka saying, I'm going to teach Lao security guards how to chi block. And then Sokka's like, that's a great idea. You're so smart, Suki, and talented, and everything you do is amazing. And like, like this is from Tumblr. This is a screenshot from Tumblr because that's where get, you get all of our fandom corners from. Uh, Sokka and Suki absolutely deserve more time with each other. And one person commented, Suki made Sokka drink respect women juice one time and he proceeded to chug it for breakfast for the rest of his life. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love this. Oh my God. It's amazing. The way the way Sokka is drawn to, he looks, <laughs> it honestly looks like a meme, but it's, it's so funny. Uh, I love it. I love it. And that wraps up Fandom Corner for this week. If you have a Fandom Corner meme or theory or something you want to send in, DM us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We have our uh, handles at the end of the episode, so stay tuned for that. And also in the episode description. Yeah, that too. If you want to go there too. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, moving on to recommendations. This week, I am recommending everybody, and I mean everybody, go and see Venom Let There Be Carnage. I absolutely loved this movie. It is a great time. It is just so good. Was the actual movie good? I, you know, I couldn't tell you, but I had a great time. It's remind. It reminds me of those campy early two thousands movies like Ben Helsing, The Mummy, like that kind of breed. Oh, nice. This is exactly what what it reminds me of. I haven't seen and the OG of course, Venom yet, so. You you need to see it. I know. You need to see it. I'm not it, watching it for the fight scenes. I'm watching it for Venom and Eddie's relationship. <laughs> it's 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 also so gay. It's That's so exactly. Gay. That's why I want to see it. <laughs> and it's just a reminder that the winners will always be the monster fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but no, go, if anything, go and see it for a very, 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 very good post-credit scene i'll just say that i, I know about the um, post-credit scene and yeah i can agree with you on that um yes so that's my recommendation venom let there be carnage go see it i remember watching the trailer for this and i'm like okay i want to see this just for venom and eddie like <laughs> and there's uh, plenty of great stuff with them i love yeah. it i've seen like i keep seeing the part where it's like they facing off against carnage for the first time it's like wait go back like you know like he's like he's like that is a red one <laughs> like yeah yeah, there's it's it's oh god, it's just so I love it, and a lot of people, straight people, hate it. They hate <laughs> the movie, and I'm just like, this movie's not for you. You have all Everything. of this. That's and not this is for, <laughs> this, this is, is for the me. one thing that's for us. <laughs> oh god, I love. It. I'm gonna go see it again. Fuck. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I gotta watch the first one, but I'll add that to the list. The long, long list that I keep getting. Oh my goodness. Well, mine is another movie recommendation, but it's much, much older movie. It is Labyrinth. Uh, it's not Pan's Labyrinth. It's the David Bowie Labyrinth. Um, I finally got around to watching it. And it's, I mean, it's like one of the strangest movies I've seen. And I love it for that. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's like peak 80s, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's it's on Netflix. I just joined Netflix recently. Uh, it's got David Bowie, George Lucas, and like Jim Henson all working on the same film. So it's as weird and out there as you can possibly think it is. Um, just again, just very, very 80s. Like the little bit of the camp, the hair, the costume. Oh my God, I want the Goblins King's costume from the ballroom scene. Like, oh, I want it so bad. <laughs> um, it's just, it's, you know, even if you don't like, you know, if it, even if you don't watch it again, it definitely should be on the list of movies that you should watch before you die. Yeah. I think it's just so creative uh, and it's kind of become a bit of a cult classic over the years, especially after David Bowie's passing. Um, just again, really cool movie. I'm glad that I've seen it. So go check that out. It kind of fits the vibe for Halloween. I think both of these movies fit for Halloween stuff. So go check that out. And that's our recommendations for the week. Uh, and as always, if you would like some extra Avatar Hour in your life, subscribe to our exclusive Patreon for as little as $1 a month or as much as $5 a month at patreon.com slash the Avatar Hour podcast for some benefits, including our show notes, the ad-free Avatar Hour, and of course, our flagship benefit, the Avatar After Hour. We got some fun ones coming up. I'm really excited to record those. And you can follow us on social media, on Twitter at Avatar Hour and at the Avatar Hour podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So Feel free to share your fandom corner stuff, your theories, your favorite memes. We're happy to talk about it on the show. So send those in. We love to see these things. Yes. And if you want your voice to make a special appearance on the show, feel free to record your theories or any feedback about the show on the Voice Memo app on your phone and email them to the Avatar Hour Podcast at gmail.com. All right. And that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next week. Until then, I'm Kayla. And I'm Andre. Bye, everyone. Bye.